Yet another championship contending late model driver and team are splitting, plus some things I've been ruminating about lately around the future of full-time World of Outlaws teams. Let's go. It's Wednesday, October 5th. I'm Justin Fiedler. This is Dirt Tracker Daily. So I don't know if it's just me, but it seems like the Dirt Late Model Silly season just keeps on bringing the hits. We've already had Brandon Shepard announce he's leaving Rocket Racing. Ashton Winger parted ways with GR Smith. Tanner English and Riggs Motorsports are done following the Outlaw season. And Double Down Motorsports is looking to replace Hudson O'Neill, who's going to Rocket Racing to replace Brandon Shepard. Uh, and now the next domino to fall is Max Blair and Viper Motorsports. The team announced yesterday that following the World of Outlaws season and World Finals, the two sides will split. Over the past year and about a half, they've been uh, together. Blair won more than 20 races and the 2021 ULMS Championship. This season, they went full-time outlaw racing together, and Blair was in the mix for much of the season in the championship fight. Towards the end here, Dennis Herb Jr. and Tanner English have stretched away a bit, but Blair is set to finish third in the standings. In 37 outlaw races, they've picked up two wins, 10 top fives, 22 top tens, and an average finish of 9.0. Blair actually leads all full-timers with the most laps led this season with the series at 123. Uh, And we mentioned yesterday, Jonathan Davenport actually leads the outlaws in laps led. Brandon Shepard is second, but uh, Blair is the leading full-timer. Through the summer, though, Blair hasn't had the finishes he'd had earlier on. He hasn't led laps in a race since Sharon on May 28th, and his last win was at Bloomsburg Fair on May 19th. His results have been pretty mixed since June. He's got seven finishes outside the top 10 in 18 races, but he does currently have three straight top six runs. Team owner Sean Martin said they couldn't quite get on the same page for 2023 plans, but the split is amicable. The release says they will continue to support Blair's career moving forward. Not sure what that means through sponsorship or something along those lines. And Viper does plan on relocating its shop, which was previously based in Pennsylvania, to make it better for them uh, for national competition. As for Blair, he posted to his Facebook account that they will announce plans for next season as soon as they have them. So Blair obviously doesn't have anything going right now. Uh, So if you look around right now, we've got two of the top four in Lucas points changing teams for next year and two of the top three in outlaw points. With so many teams and drivers on the hunt, it feels like we're nowhere close to done here on what else could change. Drivers will start looking at some of those other teams as potential landing spots, and that will open up other seats and other teams and other drivers. It'll just, you know, kind of be a big mess, I think, here. And the next few months, I think, could be really interesting as we've had all of this already go down and we're just barely into October. Uh, So more to come here with the Dirt Late Model Silly Season. And speaking of unsettled things, this is going to be a little long-winded, but I have some more thoughts on full-time World of Outlaws drivers and the issues that the new High Limit Sprint Car Series presents. And I don't know that I have any real specific points to make today or really strong opinions one way or the other, but I kind of just want to go stream of consciousness a bit and just give you some things to think about, because I've been thinking about them. And I know that I'll probably have people on both sides not thrilled uh, about me talking about this stuff, but, you know, whatever, sorry. Uh, Back on August 16th, I got into this topic of whether or not full-time World of Outlaws Sprint Car Series drivers were going to be allowed to run the high limit races in 2023. And nearly two months later, we don't seem to be any closer to a resolution on the subject, at least publicly. World Racing Group has not acknowledged any of this, and not that I would expect them to do so. I think things seem to be bubbling here, though, and you can tell they are if you read between the lines a bit around some of the stuff that's been going on lately. We've seen folks around some of these race teams talk about money and purses in recent weeks. We've seen Donnie Schatz go full ham against the series. 
Uh, we talked about that uh, on the Monday show. And Jeremy Elliott's story about the rain issues at Williams Grove, Schatz was commenting on driver safety and said, quote, it kind of says to me, the guys who race for them, where we rate, they might go, uh, they might go, t- excuse me, that might go to the decision on how long some of these guys stick around with this group. It was never a question in my mind, but after this, it is, unquote. Basically saying after what happened on Friday night, that he and other people were going to start questioning whether or not they should continue running with the series. And it could be wrong, but a quote like that feels like there's more behind it than a single night's decision-making over a rainy track and placement of a fire bottle. It makes me wonder, are some of these guys trying to find ways to put pressure on the series? Are they trying to find extra reasons to walk away from full-time membership in the future? I'm not sure, but the public discourse here seems to have turned a bit negative in recent months. And there are two things I want to get into a bit here. Uh, These are the things I've kind of really been thinking about here. And one is the person points money and the other is the schedule itself. And when you talk about the money, one point of contention you hear a lot about the series is that standard races, they still only pay 10,000 to win. They've paid 10,000 to win forever. They still pay 10,000 to win. And that's true. But it's really only been a few years that 10,000 to win was the base purse. There were, you know, other purses in there that were sometimes 6,000 to win uh, and some smaller stuff throughout the season. Uh, But an important point here is that for the 2021 season, the series did bump feature payouts a bit. So it used to be almost standard. It is now standard that it pays 10,000 to win. But what was different and what changed in 2021 was the payout from top to bottom. They did not add anything to the winner's share, but they did add $8,000 down through the field. So a race used to be 10,000 to win and 800 to start, and now they're 10,000 to start or 10,000 to win and 1,000 to start. So a total feature payout went from $47,800 to $55,800. So they could have easily added more to the winner's share, but instead, like you hear all the time that these teams want, they paid more down through the field. So yes, still 10,000 a win, but the narrative that the purses haven't changed here isn't true. They've actually changed by $8,000. The other money that is available here, obviously, is the points fund for full-timers. And this year, that is $350,000 bigger than it was last year. It's now over a million total that gets shared among the full-time World of Outlaws teams. The winner gets 200 grand. That is not insignificant and also unavailable anywhere else. And there's also the bonus program. We've talked about that this year. It got introduced uh, that pays the top 12 full-time drivers in each race at least an extra 500 bucks and as much as an extra $1,000. The way revenue uh, is shared between the series, the tracks, the drivers, it's always going to be a moving target. Like we've said, there's no right answer here. And we do need to continue finding ways for all parties to benefit. But there has been progress. Let's not sit here and pretend like there hasn't. The other interesting part of all of this is the schedule and the way the races are laid out the week. The High Limit Series is offering midweek shows so as to not interfere with the other series. The Outlaws and the All-Stars are obviously the two, you know, series they're talking about for the most part. But it wasn't all that long ago that the full-time World of Outlaws teams sat in meetings and complained about there being so many midweek Outlaw shows. And in the years since, the series has decreased the number of weekday shows and focused much more on weekends and more multi-day events because that's what the teams asked for. In 2014, there were 88 races. 21 of those happened on days between Monday and Thursday, with 19 of them being standalone races and not part of a bigger weekend event. So that's 26.25% of races that were midweek and 21.6% that were um, you know, kind of their own standalone events. In 2018, we had 71 races completed, 16 of which were Monday through Thursday. That's 22.5%, so down. But just 12 were standalone races. That's 16.9%. So in four years, a pretty significant shift. And then the progress has continued. 
Through 61 races this year, 17 have happened between a Monday and a Thursday. That sounds like a lot. But just six of those were standalone events. The other 11 were part of a much bigger weekend, like at Q-Sits, Knoxville, Silver Dollar. So that number six of those standalone midweek races is less than 10% of races happening midweek. So in about eight years, we've gone from well over 20% to less than 10%. So a few years ago, uh, these drivers and teams didn't want midweek shows, so the series adjusted, but now they're okay running them, apparently. I'm having a hard time deciding where I stand on whether the teams should or shouldn't be allowed to run other races. I get both sides. As a team, you obviously want to race as much as you can, as much as you're able to, because uh, that means more money, more chances to do well, more opportunities to grow your fan base. On the series side, though, allowing these guys to run wherever they want, whenever they want, dilutes your product and harms your business. It's pretty evident this season on the late model side with none of these restrictions in place. Everyone runs everywhere, and there's no real delineation between Lucas, the Outlaws, Flow, XR, or some of the big crown jewels. And if I were to take one of these races that's on a streaming service and just put it in front of you without any sort of branding, you'd have a hard time in a lot of cases deciding whether it was an Outlaw show or a Lucas show or an XR show. And I think outside of the championships, which I'm convinced I'm the only one who actually cares about, what series is running almost doesn't matter anymore, and I think that's not a good thing. And I know this isn't the first time we've talked about this subject, and it won't be the last, as there's still plenty of behind-the-scenes dealings uh, that are set to play out in the coming months. But these are just the things I've been thinking about lately as all of this kind of continues to evolve. Feel free to uh, offer your opinions in the comments section below. Uh, up at Oswego today in New York, Super Dirt Week really starts to ramp up with the race car parade through Oswego at noon uh, and cars on track from 2 to 4.34, the first rounds of practice. We'll see sessions for all four divisions today and the front stretch grandstands are open and free for fans to come hang out and watch if they want to check out practice. The temporary dirt service at the paved Oswego track seems to be a topic of conversation every year uh, and today will be our first look at how things could go for the rest of the week. Later on tonight, the 358 and Sportsman competitors will head over to Brewerton for the Hurricane 75. Both today's practice sessions and tonight's Brewerton show will be live on Dervision if you would like to tune in from afar. Last night at Weed Sport for the Super Dirt Week kickoff, Max McLaughlin bagged the 358 modified feature win starting from the 12th position. He topped Anthony Perego, who uh, drove up 14th, uh, and Jimmy Phelps was third. Cody McPherson won the night's Sportsman feature. Also last night, uh, Utica Rome held their modern day outlaw 50 and it was Matt Shepard uh, who went to victory lane. He started ninth and bagged his 12th win of the season at the track, which is a new record for most wins in a single season at Utica Rome. Larry White and Demetrius Drellos rounded out the podium. It's definitely a good week to be a dirt racing fan in the Northeast. If you can't make it to these shows, make sure you're tuned in on the streaming services. This week in Dirt Racing Podcast Land, Wing Nation has Greg Wilson and Sam Haferteep. Swap Talk has Greg Satterley, uh, Satterley, excuse me. The Dirt from Knoxville has new track GM Jason Reed. Dirt Tracks and Rib Racks has Jeff Ensign, and there are new episodes of The Dirt Nerds and The Dirt Reporters. To see the full list of shows and episodes, head over to dirttracker.com slash podcasts. And there are five shows on today's streaming schedule between three different services. Duravision has day one of Super Dirt Week from Oswego. They've also got the Modifieds at Brewerton, like I mentioned, and weekly micro action from Millbridge. Race and Dirt uh, has the USRA Nationals, which are continuing from Wheatland, and there is Flow Racing 24-7. To see the full daily streaming schedule with links to watch, visit dirttracker.com slash watch tonight. That's it for the show today. Have a good Wednesday. Please hit that like button. Subscribe to the show if you do not do so already. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in. We'll see you tomorrow for more Dirt Tracker Daily.